sung here today. But I got news for you. God's not coming down to fill the earth with his glory. He's already come once. So how's the glory going to fill the earth? Through you and I. We're waiting on a super duper whenever God's wanting to use you. When he's wanting to use me to flood the earth. Amen. He lives in us. Come on, somebody say, he lives in me. The hope of glory is in me. And when we corporately release the glory that is in us, guess what happens? Flood the earth. Flood the earth. He's in us. Not to stay in us, but for us to release so the earth can be filled with his glory, his power, and his presence. Amen? And so for the earth to be filled with his glory, for him to invade the earth, it's going to be invaded through you and I. Amen? And so we have to have a release in the spirit and release his glory, release his heaven into the earth so that the earth looks more like heaven. Hallelujah. Amen? Come on, release something into the atmosphere today. Open your mouth. Give him a praise of some sort today. And just flood this atmosphere with heaven this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. God, we bless. affects all of us and that is that we believe in God but for the greatest portion of our lives we live like he doesn't exist you might think that that's not me because I've been serving the Lord for a long time but you see the reality of it is, as we take our relationship with God and like this light switch up here. And we, uh, whenever we come to church, we turn the light switch on. This is our God time. We are Christians. We worship, we sing songs of praise and celebratory uh, over his goodness and his mercy. But then when we walk out the doors and go home, we turn the switch off. And we go to work 
we go to school, and then we get up in the morning and we do a devotion of some sort, we read the scripture, and that's our spiritual time, and we turn the switch back on. But then we go and we clock in at work. We check into school and we turn the switch back off. And then we want to say, well, this is not a spiritual time. This is, this is my normal life. This is my everyday life. And we want to keep the switch off then. And then when we need God, when we are thinking about God, then we want to turn the switch back on. And we think that that's the way life goes. But how many understand today that you can't turn the switch off and on and expect to be a part-time Christian with full-time benefits? Amen, Pastor. <laughs> you already preaching, I know, I know. <laughs> we want full-time benefits, but part-time serving God. But we have become masters at compartmentalizing our lives, turning the switch on and turning it off over and over. But you see, all of us deal with this. Even I have looked at my own life and, and see that, that I have been guilty of this. Turn the switch on when you come to church. Turn the switch on when you're preaching. Turn the switches on whenever you're counseling, when you're praying, when you're visiting the hospital, when you're doing these things. But, but I've, I look at my life and uh, I find it difficult to figure out how to keep that switch on at the ball game. Now, believe it or not, I know you won't believe this, but they have threatened to throw me out of ball games before. It wasn't my fault. I'll just go ahead and tell you that. They were in the wrong, but I have been threatened to be thrown out of ball games before. They just didn't see the way that it really was. Uh, but I'm certain looking back on that, the switch wasn't on. Huh? I'll go ahead and act like you ain't never done nothing. In church, we get excited about the things of God, the workings of God. And we get excited about what God can do for us. But at work, you mean God can help us at work? That God can show himself at work? We get excited about the great messages. We get excited about the powerful services. We get all amped up about big events. And, and those our encounters are amazing. Those encounters are wonderful. But can I tell you today that God can overwhelm you at work. He can show himself powerful. But the problem is, is we can have amazing encounters, not only at church, but we can have amazing encounters every day. But somehow we think that work is an interruption to spirit, our spiritual life. 
When in reality, our work is part of our spiritual life. Many don't see their jobs as having any deeper meaning than them getting a paycheck. But I want to show you today through God's word where that your, your work is a place that God has spiritually set you. That it's not, it, your work is just a means to an end, but God has strategically placed you there for a great purpose. And for far too long, we have looked at the pastor, we have looked at the church, we have looked at the staff as being spiritual jobs. When our job at the school, when our job uh, at the marketplace, at our job wherever you go to, to, to uh, do your job Monday through Friday, we look at that as not having any spiritual significance at all. My job as pastor is not to turn you into a servant here at this church or this ministry. But my job, according to the scripture, is to empower you, to equip you, to do the work of ministry wherever you go. Whatever you're at, in every sphere of your life, we've, we've sung here today, flood the earth, and the, the, the earth is not going to be flooded by Sunday morning services. The earth is going to be flooded when we are equipped, when we are, and we have uh, got the tools and we understand who we are and why we are and where we are. And when we understand that, then we begin to be in, take that empowerment, that strength that God has given us, and we are called to do ministry every single day of the week. What you do matters to God. So what you do matters to God. I'm going to share with, show you in just a moment. But it doesn't matter if you're selling cars, if you're cleaning houses, you're a business owner. Wherever you are, you are in the kingdom for a purpose. And we are to do everything that we do as... Come on, somebody talk to me. We are to do everything that we do as unto the Lord. That means that my life is to be as unto the Lord. I know that that sounds foreign and strange because we have not taken and applied that to our lives. We're more like the switch, right? And we apply it on Sundays, but we don't apply going to work as unto the Lord. But I want to submit to you today that everything that we do is to be done as unto the Lord. God doesn't value the work of a pastor or an evangelist any more than he uh, values the nurse. That he values the teacher. That he values wherever we are. That, that whatever we do, if we keep the switch turned on, God is going to value and empower you in that area of your life. Amen. When we have a church filled with people who live with the switch turned on 24 hours a day, seven days a week, imagine how we can fill this region with the glory of God. Amen. You see, we have to turn the switch on and go out from this place and then we will engage our culture with love. Amen. 
It's not a new idea, but it is a powerful truth that when Jesus uh, went to the temple, he went out into the marketplace. And when he went into the marketplace, he didn't have the switch turned off. He, he dealt with the tax collector. He, he went to the woman at the well. He, he went to the shore and he talked to the fishermen, right? And he took where he was. If he was talking, if he was with the fishermen, he wasn't talking about collecting taxes. If he was at the well, he wasn't talking to the women about catching fish. He took their everyday life with the switch on and showed them how their life counted and mattered and how they could make it applicable to their own lives. And so that's what we are to do. We are to, to be that light in darkness. We are to be that one that shines a light. And Jesus met people wherever they were in their everyday life and showed them how important they were, how valuable they were, where they were at, and how it related to them in the kingdom of God. We don't have to wait to go around the world. We don't have to wait to go to Zambia. We don't have to wait till we have a, a, a major impact in the region of going door to door and handing out things as we have in the past. All we have to do is start living our life with the switch on. You know how you can make sure that you got the switch on? Instead of off. Show up for work on time. Woo! That's spiritual. Amen. I said that is spiritual. You know how to leave your switch on? Instead of turning it off? When you're on a 30 minute break, don't take 40 minutes. That's spiritual. Amen. Don't cheat on test. That's spiritual. It's quiet up in this Presbyterian church today. Amen. But the truth of it is, we're thinking that Christendom, the kingdom of God, is about us coming in and having a, a great experience in worship. That's wonderful, having a great word and people responding and their lives touched and ministered. But what good is it if you, you're touched and you're ministered to, but you don't keep the switch on? And so if we, if we want to really show the love of Jesus, if we want to show ourselves different while other people are spending 45 minutes on a 30 minute break, you go back to work. If you want to show that, that you're different than other people, show up on time. I was taught that when it was rude to be late. I was taught it was dis disrespectful to be late because that meant you did not respect the person you were showing up to. So therefore it was dishonoring to them. So you show up before you are supposed to be. In fact, I was taught that if you showed up on the time that you were supposed to be there, it was rude. You ought to be there 15 minutes early. 
Keep the switch on. The switch is practical application. We're going to look at God's word because we have gone, we've spent some time here the last couple of months talking about moving from the pool to the river. We've talked about our four E's and how that we're going to encounter, we're going to equip, we're going to empower so we can engage our culture with love, right? So this is about how do we do what we have talked about the last two months? How do you apply it, make it real in your life? Make it, make it not just Sunday morning mystical, not just some religious jargon, but where the rubber meets the road. How do you apply it and do it every day? C.S. Lewis said, the, sen- the, the senses of division must be restored to man's daily work. God has a vision for your life and every aspect of your life includes your work. So what is the switch? It's a device for making and breaking the connection of electrical current, right? And change, especially a radical one. It's to change a position or direction of focus. So when an electrical switch is turned on, it makes the connection and allows the electrical current or the power to flow through it. And when the electric switch is turned off, it disconnects and stops the electrical current or power from flowing. Right? Our lives were never meant to be lives that were separate boxes so we could switch on God and switch him off. When we came to Jesus, we came to be full-time Christians. We gave our life to Christ. We gave our life to him not just for the bad times, but for all the times. So our lives should shine forth his light at all times. Not just turning the power on and turning the power off as we think we need it. I said as we think we need it. But that we keep it on all the time. Amen. Let's look at Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. I know that you know it in the King James Version, right? I beseech you therefore, brother and brother, mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but ye transform the doing of your mind, right? Which is the acceptable work of the Lord. The good and the acceptable. I want to make it, make it right for all of you. Now I want to read it in the Message Bible. Okay? So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. 
readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity God brings the best out of you develops you well and forms you to maturity in you when we encounter Jesus and make him Lord of our lives he makes us whole and he wants our whole life not just part of our lives so if we look at that then we must understand that he is not only Lord on Sunday but he is Lord of the time clock when we go to work we need to give him glory punch in on time He's Lord of the break room. So we don't sit around and listen to gossip and talking about the boss. I mean, no, it's popular to talk about the boss. Amen. It's quiet here. Maybe I need to talk about that a little bit. If you're not careful in this culture... You can get caught up in gossiping about people that are good folks just doing what they're supposed to be doing. But we get caught up in the break room of gossiping about somebody that's over us. And then we wonder why our kids disrespect us. The Bible said you will reap what you sow. He's Lord over the phone. (laughs) Everybody hold hands and sing Kumbaya. (laughs) I said he's Lord over the phone. Amen. I know, I know. I've got one too. But it's amazing how we're consumed by constant information that we can't even focus huh, on the moment that is before us. We can't focus to do our job. I don't know how many people I've seen go into a workplace and they, they got their phone out looking at it. When you're supposed to be working. It's just as spiritual to be diligent on your job. Or at school. And not just love people at church. But love your co-workers. Show them Christ through your love. Show them your, your concern through your love. Because you're not just a Christian that shows love on Sunday. You, you are to show love where you work, in the marketplace, to your neighbor, right? To show that love. And the darker it is, the less light that you need to make an impact. Amen? Many believe that spirituality depends on where we're at but the reality of it is it's not where we're at but it's what we're doing 
and why we're doing what we're doing. Why are we, why are we at work? Some would say, well, to make a paycheck. No, I submit to you, you are there to be a light in a dark place. A.W. Tozer said this, it is, what, it is not what a man does that determines whether his work is sacred or secular, but why he does it. Why are you doing what you're doing? Will determine if it is sacred or secular. Here's a truth. What has God been doing in your life Monday through Friday? Who have you been impacting? Who have you influenced Monday through Friday? Monday through Saturday. We'll throw in six days. Maybe it'll help you. It's not just about trying to impact and change the world one day a week. It is about us being impacted seven days a week so that we can impact a world seven days a week. Amen? We have adopted this mindset in America. Thank God it's Friday. Have you ever noticed that... <laughs> That's pretty strong, Michael. <laughs> Have you ever noticed how people will rejoice over the job God gave them when they first got it? And six months later, it's hell on wheels. Huh? It, it, there isn't nothing good about it. it it's terrible. If I had time, I'd tell you about a story of a friend of mine, but I don't have time. But anyways, we, we get caught up in this mindset that it's all about living for the weekend. And we have access or freedom on the weekend. Thank God it's Friday and, and now Saturday and Sunday we're free. And you can say, well, that's, that's, that's easy, that's, that's the easy part of life. But can I tell you that Jesus didn't just give you freedom on Sunday? But when he saved you, he gave you freedom for your whole life. Amen. So that you can value and rejoice and, and, and have joy on Monday just like you do on Friday at 5 o'clock. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so Jewish people have a great understanding of this. They always greet one another with this word shalom. Amen. Shalom doesn't just mean peace, but it, it is a complete package. It means freedom, joy, and peace. So shalom, freedom, joy, and peace unto you. The Jewish culture embraces shalom in every area of their life, including their work. You want to know why Jews are wealthy? Shalom. Amen. You know why? You know, my uncle uh, John, he had a business and he said, I love dealing with Jews. I said, why is that? He said, they always bring cash. <laughs> Amen. They've always, they, they're prosperous. And it's not because they're just Jews, right? 
They, they, it is because of shalom. They take this into the workplace, their marketplace. They do it with freedom. They do it with joy. They do it with peace. And they celebrate God in everything that they're doing. The Jewish culture embraces this to include their work. The Apostle Paul taught this when he wrote to the Christians living in uh, the pagan city of Corinth. He said, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. He wanted them to make sure that they understood there was no division between the temple and their house. There was no difference between the temple and their workplace. Whatever you do, take this relationship with God and do it as unto the Lord. Right? Man. Let me read Ephesians chapter 1 verse 1. It says this. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Now this is a message within itself. Ephesus was a wicked city, just like Corinth. Ephesus, in fact, you could not do any kind of deal except that you went through the witchcraft. You went through the witches to do the deal. It was wicked, it was corrupt. And Paul says... I was an apostle. That is not his title. That is his job description. I, Paul, am an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he is telling them that this is my job description. His job was to be an apostle, to do the apostolic work, to set uh, things in spiritual order. And so he said, I, Paul, he said, that's my name. And he says, I am an apostle. That's my function by the will of God. He is saying whatever your profession Whatever your profession is, it should be able to declare that it is by the will of God. I, Jim, a mechanic, by the will of God. I, Kim, a school teacher, by the will of God. I, George, A welter by the will of God. Because your vocation is not separate from your ministry. Because ministry begins the moment that we release this service. Amen. The moment this service is released, we start ministry. And so... It involves your vocation. You're not a part-time Christian. You don't just go to work and hang up your clothes of righteousness 
and then put on your work clothes, come out and put on your clothes of righteousness again. Right? Your vocation includes the will of God. So if you're not in the right vocation, God will lead you, he will move you until you get to the right vocation where that you have fulfillment and it's by the will of God. There should be something inside of you that is fulfilled because of where you are. God wants you in a place where you're supposed to be and not just a place that gives you money. It's possible for you to be in a job that pays you money and not be in the will of God. By the will of God. This was Paul's life. This was what he did. He he was an apostle. This is my job description because this is what God wills for my life. God created all of life. Can we say amen to that? God created all of life. So therefore, all of life is spiritual. We spend more time working than we do anything else in our lives. I think I seen statistics the other day that I believe it was 54% of our waking moments are spent working. 45% of that is, is at home. So very little of that is at church. So we want to compartmentalize. This is what we've done. Either we've done it by knowing or unknowingly. But the church in America has compartmentalized until we tell God this is what you can have. You can have 2% of my life. But we want all the benefits. We want him to save our family. We want him to heal our body. We want him to work financial miracles. We want all the benefits that pertains to life that he loads us down with daily. We want all of them. We claim them. But here's what you get, God, 2%. Because I got to check out. I'm going to work. I'm going to school. I'm going to the marketplace and they just won't understand. Look, you can turn the light on and not be weird. Amen. The Holy, I promise you this, that the Holy Spirit don't make people weird, Jonathan. If they are weird when they receive the Holy Spirit, it's because they is weird before that. Amen. Come on, let's be real. But the reality of it is God's presence don't make you weird. The presence of God will draw people to you. People that are hurting, people that are broken, people that are disconnected, people that are far from God will be drawn by this presence in your life. By you keeping the light on. Amen. When we believe in God, but work like he doesn't exist, we become Sunday morning Christians and weekly atheists. A pastor, we don't do that. Yes, we do. Sunday morning Christians, weekly atheists. 
But God wants us to keep the light on. We're better than Motel 6. Huh? On Sunday, we see the world through spiritual lenses. But Monday through Friday, we see them through our own behavior, through our own mind, through our own culture that has been developed around us. And we distinguish who people are by what culture has told us they are. And they're unworthy, they're unfit. We don't need to tell them about Jesus because they wouldn't want him anyways. What if somebody took that approach with you? What if somebody never told you about Jesus because they assumed because of who you are, the way you talk, the way you acted, that you wouldn't be interested in Jesus? Where would you be today? We claim to have seen the light, but we stumble around in darkness with everyone else throughout the week because we don't keep the light on. There ought to be something inside of you. There ought to be a light that is shining from you that contradicts everything around you. You don't have to be weird. You don't have to be crazy. All you have to do is keep the smile on your face. Have you ever noticed how ugly people look today? I mean, I've gone through the grocery store and they're not even look up. be $25 I say thank you have a good day and they don't even grunt people are hurting people are broken it don't take a lot you know you want to talk about sports it don't take it don't take much to be above average just hit the ball three times out of ten and you're an awesome ball player It don't take a lot in this dark world to let your light shine before men because it is so dark, it is so broken, it is so hurting. They're looking for a little bit of hope. They're looking for a little bit of light. Amen. We don't have to be blatantly doing things that are wrong. But if we aren't actively engaging our culture, if we're not actively engaging our job, our school, with love, then how are things ever going to change? We can't turn the, light, the switch off and on and expect the light to stay on. Huh? How many know if you go to your, to your house today and you flip the switch and turn it off and the lights stay on, you say something's wrong? If you turn that switch on and your commode flushes, you're really in trouble. (laughs) I thought I'd try to get you back. I'm almost done, all right? So if we turn the switch off and the lights stay on, it, it comes to our mind something is wrong here. But yet we do the same thing in our lives. We turn the switch off and yet we think the light's gonna stay on. That God, people are going to see Jesus somehow. That's not how it works. We must keep the light on. Tell your neighbor, keep the switch on.
God wants us to depend upon him, but God created us to co-labor with him. Amen? God wants us to work. He wants to co-labor with us. He wants to partner with us. But he can't partner with us if we've chosen to turn the switch off. He can only partner with us if we keep the switch on. How many know God will give you strategic moments if you'll ask him to? He will, he will give you what is called pagah. Pagah moments means meeting on purpose. Amen. He can give us pagah moments where that we meet someone on purpose. That we can show them a little bit of hope. But we can't show them hope. We can have pagah moments all day long. But if the light is off, if the switch is off, then there's no value. There's no victory. There's no hope to that person. And we've missed the pagah moment. But thank God, if the switch is on daily through our lives, we may think that it's just a mishaps. People may think it, call it an accident. But God puts us in a strategic moment, a strategic time and place with someone else so that we can show them the light. Amen. And it's not just at church. Matthew 5 and 16 said, Let your light therefore shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. It's one of my favorite scriptures that, uh, in my own heart. I think of it often. Brian, let your light shine before men that they will see your good works and glorify the Father. So why don't we leave our lights on? We think only certain parts of our life are spiritual. And we think that, that it's really up to us to make the rest of life happen. Isn't that a shame? That we think that we as Christians have to make our life happen. Yes, it's hard to admit. But when you go through our, our daily life... But don't tap into the power source. Don't have the light switch on. The source is there, right? The power is available. But until you make sure the switch is on, the power can't access your life. We are living like it's all up to us. We are keeping the switch turned off, basically at home, at work. All of our life and we just turn it on for what we have labeled spiritual moments. But let's look here for just a moment at the life of Jacob. Jacob was basically a self-made man. He relied on his wit. He relied on his hard work ethic. I mean, no, you can work hard and still be broke. It's true. I mean, you ought to have good work ethic. But I want to tell you that, that working hard don't make you financially blessed. I'll preach that some other time. Some of the hardest, people, hardest working people I know are broke. Ain't nobody going to help me today. 
Most of our life, most of Jacob's life, he struggled. He had been engaged in a lonely struggle, whether fighting for fighting the weather, whether he was uh, fighting off threats, whether he was fighting his family. He assumed that it would all depended on him if he won or he lost. By using his intellect and by using this great uh, work ethic, he was trying to get ahead of everyone else. But Jacob uh, changed his mindset whenever he abruptly got a hold of something in the middle of the night that was bigger than he was. He began to struggle and began to wrestle within himself. And this incredible power that got a hold of Jacob was, was nor, uh, normally a self-confident man who could see himself as winning and being victorious. But now he was completely overpowered by something in the midnight of his life. When it was over, Jacob had... A powerful realization he knew without any uncertainty that what he had experienced was actually a, a, a power struggle with God. Have you ever got in a power struggle with God? Nobody going to confess here today. God, I don't want to do it. That must be the devil. I know that that's not God. And we struggle. In the midst of a middle of our lives trying to, to, to get it our way. To make it happen. And God says all you have to do is submit to my will. And in this night season the light will come on. In this night season if you'll submit to the struggle and just give me all of your life Jacob. Not just part of your life but all of your life then I'll show you how to be a winner without having to struggle. In his quest for success, he has been ignoring God completely. And God has stepped in to remind him of his source, of his ability, his power, his wittiness does not come from reading of books and getting education, which that's all well and good and must should do. But it came from God. Jacob said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't aware of it. When we're not aware of his presence, we take on the problems to, uh, for us to accomplish or to, to deal with ourselves. Whether it's at work or if it's at home or if it's at school. We take on the responsibility of solving them for ourselves. I wonder how many things we're struggling with and wrestling with that is needless in our life. That if we would just turn the switch on, that we would just tap into the strength, the power source of our lives, that God would take care of things that we've been struggling with. Things that we are dealing with. And wrestling with and feel like they're overwhelming us. And all we have to do is, is turn on his grace, his glory, his light, his, his power. Galatians 5 and 19 in the message. It's obvious what kind of life develops 
without our trying to get our own way all the time. A stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Joyless garbage for happiness. Paranoid loneliness. Cutthroat competition. All-consuming yet never satisfying wants. And brutal temper. An importance impotence of look to love or to be loved divided homes and divided lives small-minded and uh, lopsided pursuits the vicious habit of depression uh, depart depersonalizing everyone into a rival uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions ugly paranoid of community And I could go on. But what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts unto your lives. Much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others. And, um, what's that word? There you go. Exuberance. I ain't seen much of that. That's the reason I didn't know what that was. Exuberance about life. Serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things and sense of compassion in the heart and conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing a force or a weight in life, able and to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Said you want to live by yourself, you want to do it on your own, this is what you're going to have. But if you'll trust me, keep the light on. This is what I want to give you. And it didn't say anything about while at church. It didn't say anything about while you're reading the scriptures. It said if you'll trust me, keep the light on. Keep the switch on. Keep the power flowing. This is what I want to do through your life. I mean, know that, that there are some, there's some people that's easier to love than others. Ain't nobody going to help me today. So there's some folks it's easy to, easier to love than others. But God's saying, I'll give you a love that you can love the unlovable. I'll give you a love that you can reach out to that coworker, that one that's always trying to sabotage you, that one that's always trying to do you in. He said, I'll give you a, love, a supernatural love so that you can love them anyways. Love them into the kingdom. Amen. He said in Ephesians 5 and 8, at one time you were in darkness, but now you're in the light. Because of what the Lord has done, live like children of the light. God doesn't need any secret agents. He doesn't need any more people that say I'm Sunday morning Christian and Monday morning atheist. He needs some people that'll be Christian 24-7. Keep the switch on. Keep the light on. Amen? 
This is what I want to do throughout this series. I don't know how long it'll be, but throughout this series, I want to give you a weekly switch challenge. Is that all right? Go out of your way this week to do something extra for someone. They may not even deserve it. So what? You don't deserve it either. But just go out of your way to do something extraordinary for somebody and just let them know you're worth it. When you catch somebody doing something, maybe you see somebody doing a little extra at work or you see somebody that helps somebody at school that their books have fallen out of their hands or whatever and they, they go help them. Let them know you noticed. I've seen, I seen you do that. I want you to know I appreciate it. Well, that's not my job. Why isn't it? It's not all right to encourage somebody. It's not your job to let a light shine in the dark place. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. So that's, that's the challenge, the switch challenge for the week. Just let your light shine. Go a little extraordinary. Tell somebody, show somebody that you appreciate them. And then if you see somebody going the extra mile, you say, well, I don't know uh, that that's, that's scriptural. Well, that's because you ain't read the book. Jesus said, how many believe Jesus is a good example? Jesus said, if Joe asked me to go a mile, I'm supposed to go too. Over and above. And so... If you want to be a light, if your boss man asks you to do a mile, <laughs> do two. Amen? Next Sunday, we're going to be talking to you more about keeping the switch on. I want to talk to you and, and tell you, and we're going to be uh, next Sunday talking about grace. For your work week. Grace for the grind. I mean, no, there's some grinding going on. Grinding in life. God's got sandpaper with your name on it. (laughs) Amen. You may call it somebody else. (laughs) But he's got sandpaper with your name on it. Grace he'll give you for the grind in your life. Amen. Praise God. And so I'm excited about what God is going to do through us. Amen. That's the reason I didn't know that word exuberance. I said, I'm excited about what God's going to do through us. Amen. Thank you. Because you see, He wants to do something in this region, and it's not that other churches aren't, but we have a part. If we didn't have a part, we wouldn't be here. But God has put us on this hill for a purpose and for a reason, and it is for our lights to shine. Just think how much. I showed you last week 
how quickly that a church will grow whenever we work together. Right? You remember that? And how powerful it is whenever all of us keep our light on. Keep the power flowing. Take it to our workplace and just show the love of Christ to someone. It's more than just getting a paycheck. But as Paul said, I'm here by the will of God. If you can't say I'm here by the will of God, then just hold on. God will, God will move you. He'll transfer you. He'll, he'll put you in the place that you need to be. But be faithful where you are because God will put you like Paul by his will in the place that he desires for you to be so you can be a light in a dark place. Amen. Everybody happy today? Amen. Praise God. Amen. So let's stand together. Maybe you're here today.